You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Today I, I want to minister a message and I, I want to start by asking you a question. Do you really want to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you really want to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ? What does it mean to, to be a Christian? What does it mean to be a disciple? Everybody says, I want to be a disciple, until you start talking about discipline. So what does it mean to be a disciple? A disciple is somebody that allows God's word to be the standard for their lives. They start to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. They're obedient to Christ's word. They adopt that kind of a lifestyle. Not only do they adopt that kind of a lifestyle, but they also teach others to live in the same way. One thing that I've realized, everybody wants to say, I want to be a disciple. But not everybody is prepared to be obedient to Jesus. Everybody wants God to do something miraculous in their lives. But not everybody is prepared to be the friend of Jesus. Turn to the person next to you and say, I want to be a friend of Jesus. When we talk about a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ, a commitment to the Word of God, it's not something that you can do half-heartedly. You have to do it with all your heart, your whole being. When we talk about discipleship, family, listen to me. Jesus said himself in Matthew chapter 7, said, not everybody that says, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of God. Not everybody that says, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of God. That's something to think about. Remember, the context of all of that is people coming to Jesus and saying, we've prophesied, we've casted out demons. And Jesus said, I don't know you. I don't know you. Can you see the importance to be born again? to be linked up with God. A matter of fact, when we talk about salvation, obedience, salvation, and discipleship, they are linked to each other. One of the greatest mistakes that we've made in the church, we've told people, come to Jesus. Just accept Him as your Savior. But the truth is you cannot separate salvation and discipleship. It's what the Bible talks about, the Word of God separating soul and spirit. Things that seem impossible, the Word of God can do and discern the intents and the thoughts of your heart. The Word of God, bone and marrow, things that are so close, they're actually one. Salvation and discipleship, they hold hands, they are actually one. But we've told people in the church, it's okay, just get saved, just make Jesus your Savior. We'll get you obedient later. No, those things go hand in hand. Turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 9 verse 25. I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. Now every athlete who goes into training conducts himself temperately and restricts himself in all things. They do it to win a wreath that will soon wither, but we do it to receive a crown of eternal blessedness that cannot wither. Therefore, I do not run uncertainly without a definite aim. I do not box like one beating the air and striking without an adversary. 
But like a boxer, I buffet my body, handle it roughly, discipline it by hardship, and subdue it. For fear that after proclaiming to others the gospel and things pertaining to it, I myself should become unfit, not stand the test, be unapproved and rejected as a counterfeit. I think we have to be very careful in the church for substitute kind of discipleship or counterfeit. There's the real and there's that which is not real. I want to tell you something. Christianity is not easy. Turn to the person next to you and say, Christianity is not easy. Say, sometimes it's really tough. That's the truth. If somebody teaches you or says to you, just accept the Lord Jesus Christ, all your problems will be gone, it's going to be easy. They're lying to you. Here when we read, we see an athlete busy training. I've been watching the whole, the last uh, few weeks, the five programs on the Rugby World Cup. What it took the spring, Springboks to get to the place where they won the World Cup. They were training very hard. An athlete training for a gold medal. I'm telling you now, it's cramps. It's pain. It's eating the right stuff, staying away from the wrong stuff. It's discipline. Sometimes we think discipleship is this romantic thing. We say we want to enroll in the army of God. Oh, I want to be a disciple. But then we want to go check in at the spa. Go for a manicure and a pedicure and say, I'm, I'm so blessed. I'm a disciple. But sometimes there's training and it's tough. Amen? But you do the things you don't want to do so that you can have the results that you want. I'm not just talking about the flesh, but the spirit as well. Sometimes we can do everything right according to the letter. But are you doing it correctly according to the spirit? This spiritual training. So today I want to talk about discipleship and I, I don't want to talk about the habits of a good disciple. Praying and coming to church and reading your Bible. No, I want to talk about the, the marks or the characteristics of a disciple. So that you can ask yourself, do I really want to be a disciple? To be a true disciple, it's about Christ on the inside of you. Christ on the inside of you. Not being a disciple outwardly, but inwardly. You know, people can be a pastor outwardly, but they're not such inwardly. They're not such in heart. You can be a disciple outwardly, doing all the right things, but inwardly, you're not one. In Matthew 23, verse 23, the Bible says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you pay tithe and mint and anise and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. What am I talking about? Sometimes we can look at the letter of something. Take baptism. Baptism, really for baptism to be fulfilled, you go under the water and you come out. And when you just look at it in a literal way, that's what it means. But when you go read Romans chapter 6, it's much more. It's about a devotion. It's about 
praying. It's, a, it's about coming to church. It's about valuing things that are precious to the Lord Jesus Christ. Continuing to do good works, to be involved in Christian service so that we can obtain that holiness that's in Christ Jesus when we become a slave of righteousness. Holiness becomes part of us. And because we are holy, we can enjoy eternal life, everlasting life. That's what Romans 6, think 22 says. Discipleship is all about getting you ready to be more like Jesus. There are many things Jesus only instructed his disciples. He said to his disciples, when his disciples said, teach us how to pray. He said to his disciples, when you pray, say, our Father which art in heaven. When you're a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, you know God is your Father. When you know God is your Father, when you acknowledge Him, you'll see what He will do in your life and through your life. Turn to the person next to you say, to be a disciple is not an option. To be a disciple is not an option. Today, almost people want to be zealous when it comes to certain things pertaining to being a disciple. What do I mean? It's more about the cause, the work, than obeying Jesus. People think the ultimate test for me as a disciple, I must work for God, then I'm very godly. Family, listen to me. Sacred things, holy things, divine things are very important to God in our walk as a disciple. But sometimes we think when we pray, we're busy with something that's sacred. When we come to church, we're busy with something that's sacred. When we worship, we're busy with something that's sacred. And yes, it is sacred. But the truth is when you leave the church, what you are busy with is still sacred. This is why people have occasional prayer. Why people's lives are not constant because they don't realize when God has made you holy, you are holy. When you go for your Sunday lunch, that's also sacred. You missed a good place to say amen. When you go to work or you look after the children, it's sacred. This is what God has done in our lives. You cannot be a disciple half-heartedly. Or you cannot be a part-time disciple. When you enroll in the army of God, everything that you are busy with is holy. Because you are holy. When you go to work and you write a report, it's sacred. It's not secular. You are busy with God. Everything that you are doing, you're doing it as unto the Lord. This deception in the church that I only have to be busy with sacred things on a Sunday, but Monday to Saturday, I live a secular life. That's why people's Christian lives are doing this. But when you enroll as a disciple, you are disciplined. Everything that you do, you do it as unto the Lord. This question about who can be a disciple who can be a disciple? Do I qualify as a disciple? 
Jesus said something in the Word of God that almost contradicts itself, or it's one of those difficult questions that we as Christians, we have to talk about. Jesus said, whosoever. So he opens the door for everybody. When it comes to salvation, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe. So Jesus says quite a few times, whosoever. That means everybody can experience it. But then it always stands with either he who believes or he who will. It requires something of us. Something that's asked of us. Whosoever. So who can be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ? Who can be a true son of God? We declare it and we say, I'm a son of God revealed. These are very important questions that we have to answer even when it comes to discipleship. Questions that people have been asking right from the beginning. The, the universal brotherhood of man, the universal fatherhood of God. What do I mean by that? God the Father is the father of everybody. He has created everybody. Am I right? Act 17, from one blood, God has made all the nations. So God is the father of all of mankind. But it's those who are led by the Spirit, those who are born again, they can say, Abba, Father. Jesus said, when it comes to my family, my true family are those that do my will. Turn to the person next to you say, you're a good disciple. Say, the fact that you are here, it took discipline. Don't worry. God is going to help you. Family, listen to me. When you hear the word discipleship, you think, oh, have I failed? Have I been disqualified? Discipleship and salvation, remember I told you they go hand in hand. In the same way you need the help of the Holy Spirit to be born again. Salvation is a work of grace. For you to be a disciple and to follow the Lord Jesus Christ is also a work of grace. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of John 6 verse 37. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. Can you see the fact that you're a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ is a work of God. For you to be a Christian, God had to do a work on the inside of you. For you to be a disciple, God the Father has done a work on the inside of you. Just think about salvation for one minute. Ephesians 2 verse 8. By grace we have been saved through faith. That faith, where did you get it? God the Father deposited on the inside of you so that you could have that faith to believe. It means anybody who comes to Christ, God has worked on the inside of him already. Amen? No one can come of himself. He must first be drawn by the Father. The ability even to come to Jesus, the Bible says it's a gift from God the Father. 
Can you see how important it is, the working of the Holy Spirit, the working of God the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit in your life to be a disciple? Jesus, when he was addressing the Pharisees here, you know why they got angry? Because they said, I'm a good disciple. I'm giving my tithe. I'm doing what I have to do. I'm praying. I'm fasting twice a week. Jesus said to them, you think you're my disciple. You're not my disciple. For you to be my disciple, my Father has to draw you to me. The Father has to allow it. It's a gift from the Father. And the Bible says they got angry, they got furious because they said, I'm going to be a good disciple. It was their self-will, their self-strength, their self-confidence, confidence in self, not confidence in God that made them angry. For you to be a disciple, you need the help of the Holy Spirit. Turn to the person next to you and say, you can be a good disciple. Go to verse 65. John 6 verse 65. And he said, therefore, I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my Father. Can you see, to be a disciple is a gift from the hand of God the Father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus said to the twelve, Do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. When everybody left and it was just the twelve left over, Jesus said, Do you also want to go? Is this too tough for you as well? Peter said, where will we go? You are the Christ. You are the Messiah. You are life. We're going to stick to you and we're going to hold on to you because what you are declaring to us, it's light, it's life, it's salvation. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's not always easy to be a disciple. Family, listen to me. You'll never be able to be a good disciple without the help of the Holy Spirit. You'll never be able to be a good disciple without the help of the Holy Spirit. I was thinking about it, the thing that God just placed in our hearts. Just think about our salvation prayer that we pray. Many people just pray a prayer and say, accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And that's good. Accept the Lord as your Lord and Savior. But you also need to be obedient to God's will. To live this holy life. You need the help of the Holy Spirit. The second part of the prayer that we always pray, Oh, Holy Spirit, help me to live a holy life well-pleasing in your sight. You know what's one of the mistakes that we've made? We teach people in the church today to fall in love with Jesus. When you are born of love, it's like taking two young people that's fallen in love and say, I just want to teach you how to fall in love. Can you teach to young? They just fall in love. Uh, you two young people that are in love, I just want to teach you how to talk for one hour nonstop. Can you do that? No, they'll tell you one hour. What are you, crazy? We're on three hours or four hours or five hours. When somebody is in love, you don't have to teach them. They'll naturally do it. A father whose son has just been born, a mother. Can you teach the mother how to love her child? It's a natural thing that's just there. 
This is the relationship that we have with the Lord Jesus Christ. When you are born again, born from love, there's something that will happen on the inside. You'll immediately know. There'll be the desire not only to be drawn to Jesus as your Savior, but to make Him Lord. We in the church have taught people, just accept the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll teach you to be obedient later. What are we saying? We're saying accept Him as Savior, but make Him Lord later. You cannot do that. When you accept the Lord Jesus Christ, something happens on the inside. It's not about being a disciple outwardly, but inwardly. When you are born again, and you've accepted that call of the Father to be a disciple, one of the first things that will happen, there'll be a deep reference on the inside of you for divine things, for that which is holy. Remember Peter, when he got saved, when he saw the miracle, remember the Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. When Peter had the big catch, what was the first thing that he did? He fell on his knees. He said, I'm a sinful man. Stay away from me, Jesus. I can see that you are holy. I can see that there's something different about you. I'm a sinner. Stay away. Immediately, there was a deep reference on the inside for things that are divine. When you're a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, there'll be something here on the inside where you know this is holy. There's something different about this. Nobody has trained you, but the Holy Spirit is working on the inside of you. Many people go through this world without being aware of God's presence. But when you're a disciple, you'll be aware of God's presence. Jesus, teach us how to pray. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Your will, Lord, here on earth as it is in heaven. Immediately aware of a heavenly atmosphere. Divine things. Holy communion. This is the body of the Lord Jesus Christ that was broken so that I can be whole. This is his blood sanctifying me, cleansing me. Holy things. Anointing oil. I know this oil has been blessed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not the oil, but the fact that the anointing was done in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Sabbath that is holy. The tithe that is holy. You'll be aware of those things. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you're a disciple, nobody has to teach you or train you. But because you are linked up with God, there's a great moral sensitivity on the inside. Hebrews 1 verse 9, the Bible teaches us that Jesus, he loved righteousness, but he hated evil. And for that very reason, he was anointed with the oil of gladness. When you're a disciple, you're aware of things that are righteous, things that are unrighteous. There are certain things you cannot train people. You cannot, there are certain things that are caught in the Spirit that Jesus has done for you and me by the Holy Spirit. Many times we've done things in our own strength. I know how many times... In the morning, I got up and I said, today, I'm going to get it right. And before you walk out of the back door, you've messed up. Think, oh Lord, how can I be a good disciple? Let me see your hand if I'm talking to the right people here. But the Holy Spirit starts working on the inside of us. When you're a disciple, there's a 
discontent, a, a mighty moral discontent on things that are evil and those things that are good. You're aware of that. Matthew 5 verse 8 says, those with a pure heart, those with a pure heart, they will see God. There's something on the inside where you want to keep your heart pure as a disciple. Lord, grant unto me a humble heart, a pure heart, a heart that does not bear grudges, a heart that are quick to forgive. You have to train your heart by the help of the Holy Spirit, by the Word of God, to keep your heart humble. We humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. You cannot be content with this world. I think it's Spurgeon. I read something this week where he said, if you want to be a friend of the world, you cannot be a friend of Jesus. I'm not saying not love people in the world. I'm talking about the things of this world. There's nothing compared to Jesus. There's something on the inside where you just cannot be happy, cannot be content with the things of the world. When you're a disciple, this is a working from the inside out, not from the outside in. Sometimes we want to change things on the outside. Jesus changes us from the inside out. When you look at Jacob and Esau, Jacob is an Old Testament Peter. Esau was morally content. He was happy. He could go, he could hunt the little buck, he could kill the little buck. He didn't just do that, he could skin him, he could even make the stew for his dad. He had everything together and he was content, but he didn't realize how much he needed God. But Jacob, he was the deceiver, he was the liar. Don't raise your hand. What does the Bible say? This is the Jacob generation that will worship me. Why? He wasn't content with what was happening on the inside. He realized there was something here that's not right. God, I need you to change. Help me. Not happy with what he was seeing. Change me. This is the Jacob generation. Not a generation that's perfect but we're just not content. We say, Lord, I want more of you. Family, when you're a disciple, you want to change and become more and more like Jesus. The song that we were singing about, the refiner's fire. When you're a disciple, there's a consuming hunger, desire for spiritual things, spiritual hunger. God, I want more of you, more of your Holy Spirit. What can I do, Lord, to have more of you in my life? I'm telling you now, somebody cannot have a spiritual hunger without God working on the inside of them. David wrote in Psalm 27, he said, Lord, when you said, seek my face, my heart said, your face I will seek. Whenever you have a hunger for the things of God, a hunger to come to church, it's a deep work of God, that spiritual hunger, not to want to neglect the assembly of the saints. It's God working on the inside of you. Many people that's not been coming to church should go on their knees and say, Lord, work on the inside of me again. Restore that hunger, that desire on the inside. 
that I'd want to come to church. You know what's happened in this COVID time, and Christians don't even realize it, because they are saying, I'm still in love with Jesus. Jesus, I love you. You're my everything. The problem is not that you love Jesus. What did Jesus say to Peter, the rock? He said, Peter, do you love me more than all these things? If you're telling me that you're in love with Jesus and the people of God and you're not coming to church, I'm telling you now, you've fallen in love with other things that you love more than Jesus. I'm not saying you don't love Jesus. I'm saying you love other things more. Allow God to work on the inside to restore that love that nothing is too much. You're being blessed. You have everything Before you were blessed, you were in church, seeking God, fasting, praying, looking for these divine things, a hunger for God. Lord, help me. Now that God has blessed you, those blessings are taking you away. Are you sure those blessings have not become a curse? Because without them, you were seeking God. You had a hunger. Lord, disciple me, train me, prepare me. Family, listen to me. They are true disciples and they are false disciples. I'm not going to talk about the false disciples, amen. But true disciples, they allow the word of God to become the standard for their lives. True disciples view all their actions in the light of God's word. It's scary. When I look at this word and I realize that not everybody that says, Lord, Lord, Jesus will say that you're my disciple. There's something that has to happen on the inside. There can be no discipleship without obedience. John 8, 31. Then Jesus said to Jews who believed him. Who's he speaking to? Speaking to the whosoever that believes him. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. As a disciple, you allow the word of God to become the standard for your life. Jesus is telling us here what's a good disciple. Very interesting when he referred to the hypocrites or the bad disciples, it was always in the framework of the Pharisees. The Pharisees that came to question him. The Pharisees that said, Abraham is their father. Remember the Pharisees when they came to Jesus and they questioned, they said, tell us, who's your father? Where's your father? Our father is Abraham. Jesus said, if Abraham were your father, you would do the works that Abraham did. What was he saying? He says, Abraham was a good disciple. He was obedient. When God spoke to him, he obeyed God's word to the point where he was prepared to sacrifice his son. As a disciple, nothing is too much, nothing is too little. Nothing is too great, nothing is too small. Whatever the Lord asks, you can do it. He said, you're not doing it. You're outwardly saying that Abraham is your father, I'm telling you now, he's not your father. He's not your father. You're saying it with your mouth. But in your hearts, I can see that he's not your father. 
turn to the person next to you and say, I want to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 19. Then they said to him, where is your father? Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. If you're going to be a disciple, let the will of God the Father manifest in your life. Allow your will to align with God's will. Jesus spoke to them and he said, you are saying that he is your father. I'm telling you now, Abraham was obedient to the will of my father. Jesus was saying to them, he said, if you, know the, if you had known me who I am, you would have known my father. Because Jesus was imitating his father. Family, listen to me. Many of you, it's easy for you to identify with Jesus, but it's difficult for you to identify with God the Father. But I want to tell you, everything Jesus did on this earth, God the Father was prepared to do it. He showed his love by sending Jesus. If he had done him himself, you could have questioned the love of the Father. But because he loved you so much, he sent Jesus, his only begotten son, the beauty of heaven, to come to this world. And the Bible says Jesus was the perfect disciple because he imitated his father in everything. He said, everything I do, I do it because I see my father is doing it. Paul wrote and he said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. The book of Ephesians, he, he's praying and he said, I'm praying that Christ would be formed on the inside of you. Family, do you know why we can be good disciples? Because of Jesus Christ. Because we allow Christ to come into our lives. Paul said, I figured it out. He says, I'm messing up the whole time. The things I want to do, I find myself not doing them. He says in Galatians 2 verse 20, but I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. But the perfect disciple lives on the inside of me. Christ lives on the inside of me and he's helping me to live this life by the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians, I think 15, he says, you have many teachers, but you don't have many fathers. He says, you have many teachers, but you don't have many fathers. This is what we need today is fathers. Fathers. A father with a heart for his children. You don't have to teach him how to love. He can love automatically. It's possible to be a disciple. Do you know why? Because of the help of the Holy Spirit. It's possible to be a Christian. Why? Because of the help of the Holy Spirit. Paul says, I'm sending to you Timothy. I'm sending to you Timothy. Whatever I do, the way that I teach, the way that I conduct myself, the way that I do things, Timothy is trustworthy. I'm sending him to you. He's going to do it in the same way. You'll see he'll be imitating me in the same way that I'm imitating Christ. To be a disciple 
For years, I thought, how am I ever going to be a disciple? I realize and I read, the Lord says, not everybody that says, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of God. But family, I want to leave this with you. To be a disciple is not that difficult. It's a life that you surrender to Christ Jesus. Christ being formed on the inside of us. As a Christian, I want to tell you, if you say, I'm a disciple, obedience is not an option. Obedience is the only proof of your faith. I want to close with this. Go to 1 Peter. Can you see how much we need the Holy Spirit? Can you see how much we need God to work on the inside of us? 1 Peter 1.14, as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, be holy, for I'm holy. As obedient children, not conforming yourself to the former lusts, you know what he is saying? He's saying as obedient children. He's not saying, I command you as children, as sons, as daughters to be obedient. He's not doing that. He's saying as obedient children. He's assuming that when you've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ and that you're a disciple, he is your Savior and he is your Lord, that you will be obedient. When you're a disciple, salvation and discipleship, they hold hands. Said as an obedient, as obedient children. Go to verse 2, 1 Peter 1 verse 2. The elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in sanctification of the Spirit for obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Why has God sanctified you? So that you can be obedient. Why has God sanctified you? To be obedient. Sanctification of the Spirit for obedience and the sprinkling of blood of Jesus. Listen to me. Christianity is not the art of seeing how close I can live to sin without sinning. But it's living for righteousness that produces holiness and eternal life. Christianity is not the art of seeing how close I can live to sin without sinning. But it's living for righteousness that produces holiness and the end thereof eternal life. Jesus said in John 14 verse 23, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. You'll be obedient. But then he says, my father, I'll ask my father and he will send you the helper that will teach you all things. Family, to be a disciple, do I know everything? Have I done all the courses? Do I Listen to the Holy Spirit on the inside. That drawing to be close to Jesus, it's a work of the Father. It's a gift of the Father. Nobody can come to Jesus without the Father drawing him closer. That spiritual hunger it's a work of the Holy Spirit. When you, once you've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord, you've enrolled in the program of obedience, viewing everything that you do 
in the light of God's Word, allowing the Word of God to become the standard for your life. Then you know everything that He asks of you is for your own benefit. It's not to keep you away from things, but it's to draw you closer and closer to Him. Paul, that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, he said, if I can only know Him. He's the one who had the revelation that it's Christ on the inside of me. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Paul was the one who had the revelation, if I can only know Him and the power of His resurrection working on the inside of me, that power that raised Christ from the dead, said, if I can only know Him. Paul said, I've run this race. I've done it in the right way. I've kept in my lane. I've remained focused. I've run this race being very determined. He says, I've not been doing shadow boxing. I've been preparing. I'm in a real fight. I'm a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Family, when you've enrolled, God immediately will empower you. When He's called you for an assignment, He will empower you. I want to end with this. When you look at Acts 1 verse 8, Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem until you've received power. If you complaining about Christian service as a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, ask yourself, have I been empowered? Because if you go read the book of Acts, they went through some tough things, some difficult things, but you never see them complaining. As soldiers, they are marching forward. As athletes, they are running in this race to obtain that crown. But they're not doing it in their own strength. They're doing it in the strength of the Holy Spirit. It's the Pharisees that wanted to do it in their own strength that didn't follow Jesus anymore. said, I'm not going to follow you. I want to do it my way. He said, no. It's by my word, through my Holy Spirit, empowering you to be a good Christian, to be a good disciple. In Jesus' mighty name, see you later. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.